Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right, good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. So today, yes, we have another new guest co-host for you. And we're going to be talking a little bit about some peak performance. And uh, more importantly, uh, this gentleman that I'm bringing on for you, he's a professional speaker. Obviously, I hinted peak performance coach, competitive athlete. I think he and I are going to geek out here uh, today. He's the owner of Burford Performance Systems, and he specializes in helping motivated and athletic CEOs, entrepreneurs, and business owners gain the tools to take their businesses and lives to the next level. Colored by a depth of experience across various, uh, various disciplines, uh, he fo- his focus is really creating the most powerful psychology and mindset possible in his clients. And for our regular listeners of this show, you know I geek out a lot about psychology and mindset on this show. So without further ado, welcome our newest guest co-host, Brian Bergford, sir. Welcome. Thank you, Scott. Thanks so much, man. I'm uh, incredibly stoked to be with you this this afternoon. <laughs> I'm loving it. I'm loving it. So, and uh, for our for our regular listeners, you know I, how much I love Colorado. Brian is joining us today from Colorado. So that's where you reside. Am I am I correct, sir? It's true. It is true. It's a the great state of Colorado. I know we were talking before we started that uh, you spent quite a bit of time out here and continue to do so every year. It's just got a lot to offer. So, and today's a today's a beautiful day. Just like can stare out, look at the the trees and the sunshine. So, nothing to complain about on this end. Well, it's like a it's like a hundred degrees here. So, um, <laughs> I, I would probably prefer your weather right now. I bet. Is it and is it humid out there as well? Well, I mean, it's it's northeastern Pennsylvania, so I'm about an hour and a half from New York City. I'm about an okay. hour north of Philadelphia. I'm about 40 minutes uh, south of the Pocono Mountains. So, yeah, we, we usually hang on to some humidity. It's not terrible. We're not Florida. I mean, let's just be real. <laughs> we, <laughs> we don't have that problem. <laughs> but it's not Colorado, right? With the, the dryness of Colorado is pretty intense as well. So Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, that's one thing I miss about Colorado living out there is there is a difference there, right? It, it is like a, it's the drive factor, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it makes, it makes a huge difference. I remember the first time I went down, actually, it's the only time I've been down there to New Orleans. Um, it it was, it was out of this world. Like I sweat through my t-shirt in like 20 minutes. Once I stepped outside, I was like, what is happening? And it was just the humidity is ridiculous because it can be, as you know, you know, 105 in Colorado, but it does not feel the same as like 90 in a place that's more humid. So it makes a big difference. Yeah. I think people underestimate the power of that. Like this country is so broad and so vast. Um, I, I, I didn't, I never went overseas for travel until I really just banged out continental U.S., man. I mean, I, I was smart enough that I think it was an accidental decision, but I think it was the right decision. I mean, getting to see the entire continental U.S. and the diversity, and it's just powerful. We forget, I think, how massive our country is. So, Yeah, and gorgeous, absolutely. Yeah, no, no, no shortage on gorgeous, especially Colorado, <laughs> Utah. Like a lot of people, <clears throat> it's funny, when I moved back here to the East Coast, I was like, you know, I forgot how beautiful Pennsylvania is in the, in the Northeast Corridor because we have a lot of green. And people are like, what do you mean by that? I'm like, well, <laughs> Arizona, Colorado, 
Um, they have a lot of earth tones. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a euphemism. I, I like that. That's yeah. A nice They're like, what do you mean by that? I was like, well, <laughs> especially Arizona. Colorado's way better. But I mean, Arizona, we had a lot of earth tones. Many, every shade of brown and tan that I could ever come across, I think I found in Arizona. Uh, I believe that, man. <laughs> yeah. So, so have you always been in Colorado? How long have I been there? Yeah, have you always been? Are you are you yeah, like yeah, a rare? I'm a, native. I'm, a oh. I'm a rare native. It's true. We have yes. found something rare, ladies and gentlemen. When I lived there, finding a native is powerful. <laughs> yeah. So you have a specimen on the show, native born. I was just down the road. I'm now in Thornton, but I was just down the road um, from here in another town called Lafayette. That's where I grew up. Oh, yeah. And oh, okay. so I was there for the first, yep, 22 years. And now I'm out in Thornton, which is just a little bit like 20 minutes north of Denver. And uh, I do enjoy it, apparently, because I'm, I'm sticking to it. You're still there. You're still there. Still um, here. I'm still trying to think. Um, how far is Greeley from there? Greeley is about, depending on how heavier gas pedal foot is, 45 <laughs> minutes to an hour, probably. Okay. Okay, that's it. Cause I, that's where, that was my first Colorado experience. I went out there for a fire Academy in 2000, I think it was, yeah, it was the spring of 2010 before I got my fire gig out there. So yeah, that was, that was like my, it was a community. I think it's, I think it was a Greeley community college. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where I went right. for my second fire Academy. That's how I landed my gig. So for those, oh, for, cool. for, the, for the regular people to show who knew that I used to be a firefighter out there, like, Oh yeah, that, that's where I went. That's where I landed that. The, the ultimate lunch interview, uh, which got me on a hot shot. <laughs> so shout out to that's Greeley. Where, <laughs> that's where the magic happens. <laughs> There's not a lot of magic out there in Greeley. No offense to Greeleyites. No. It's just not a lot of magic out there. So it's, it's not, it's, it's, um, it's an interesting place, but I wanted to give it some kind of a shout out because yeah, we have to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been back there. I drove through there and I, cause I forgot how, um, not as exciting <laughs> it is, uh, but I think like any area outside of Denver, they're going to continuously grow because Colorado is never shrinking. There's always more and more people going there, checking it out, um, falling in love with it. Like I did, <laughs> I, that, your, your, your state's got more transplants, man, than I, I, I don't know if there's a record on that, if they track any of that data, but you guys have a lot of transplants. That'd be, that'd be actually really interesting to see from a data standpoint, just what are, what are the stats on it um, and the ratio of native born toward like versus the transplants. Uh, I think Colorado would be for sure, probably top 10 in the nation. I'd have to guess because it's, yeah, it's exactly like you said. I mean, I was a perfect example. I mean, I went there for that academy and then came back and the end of 10 for uh, the four mile, the four mile canyon complex fire outside of boulder and that was my first yep. colorado fire that i fought and i was like oh this is colorado so when it's not on fire it's gorgeous so um, <laughs> and then i moved there after arizona <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, it's beautiful so uh anyway peak performance man let's let, let, let's dive in here okay besides our mutual clearly mutual love of colorado um you i love peak performance only because i haven't really picked up that certification that schooling or anything else yet but i vibe with every peak performance guru person i come across i just it, it seems to click so what got you into it man like what made you fall into that 
I, I, I like to call that the positive trap for success. Yeah, the positive trap. Exactly. Well, I think initially the seed was planted when I was really young because there was sort there was a lot of, uh, I felt like I was kind of in a negative trap and mm. it gave me a desire early on to kind of understand what is this all about? It's difficult to comprehend that, especially when you're way too young to be able to even wrap your head around it. And so, but it planted a seed in me of curiosity. And then when I went to college, I majored in uh, psychology. I was going to say philosophy, but psychology. Uh, philosophy, loved philosophy, however, but I did major in psych. And um, <clears throat> it that was sort of an extension of my fascination with the, the human mind, human psyche, and also human performance, because I just love being around people that are truly kicking butt at like on this really grand scale it's, it's inspiring right to watch performances of whatever you know i feel like people are interested in that uh, kind I'm of i'm sure you're a big fan all. of the olympians then right because i mean i geek out about the olympics every year <laughs> oh gosh oh god you know it's it's funny like if i turn on the olympics i for sure will get a little verklempt <laughs> just watching anything the intro music they're yeah. gonna have some you get shot. all popped up you're like it's this is this is on man it's happening it's happening <laughs> yeah man it's um it's it's a pretty incredible thing so i i love it and can you can you hear my end okay oh yeah okay perfect sorry i, I couldn't hear you for the last end of that so i want to make sure we're good you've but been coming through I, perfect the whole time so awesome so i love that stuff and again, you know, and in college, I actually, um, cause I was big into like the fitness thing, even leading up to that. So I got my personal training certification before I was out of high school. And then I worked with the strength and conditioning staff at the university of Colorado, uh, primarily with the football team and just, you know, especially, yeah, working with those guys while they're training and then being in the locker room on game day and sidelines, I'm just like, Oh, like being around it, there's an energy to that. And so what's, what's funny about sort of my around the college time is I also had a gifting for working with uh, dogs <laughs> of all things. And so I was working a corporate gig at the time and I, that naturally and organically grew over time because I was helping uh, friends, family, just people out and about. And again, for training and rehabilitation, had a gifting, was able to help people. And eventually that got to the point where it sort of overtook my corporate job and actually left that and started, uh, you know, a couple different businesses that I built over the next basically like 10 years. One was a dog training and rehabilitation company. The other was a dog daycare boarding facility with a focus on behavior. Mm -hmm. And once I kind of got those up to speed, it was, you know, and had good people in place, management, et cetera, had the business going um, successfully, was able to really circle back around to my primary passion, my initial interest in first love, which has always been the peak performance psychology aspect that frankly, I was always doing. Because even when I was dog training, you don't get away from it. You're basically coaching people constantly with very, very little dog training, which is of tremendous, tremendous disappointment to dog trainers that Got, get into that industry because they're like, I hate people. I just want to hang out with dogs all day. And then they find out you're going to hang out with people all day, probably more than you do now. And yeah. it was a great fit for me because I loved it. But when I launched Bergford Performance Systems, the, uh, <clears throat> the impetus behind that was I wanted to 
be able to have a purpose-built platform where I could really do a deep dive with people and get into the nuts and bolts of like psychology mindset stuff and helping them really truly like take like just take life and kick it in the butt <laughs> but in a good way and to have the type of success and fulfillment that people are really going after and I've I just I love being able to do that and help people and see them grow. Um, super inspiring to me. So that's how I got into, that's my long-winded version of how I got into um, this particular avenue. I, I love it. I mean, because I'm doing some screen sharing right now for our video people. So podcasters, are get, uh, podcast listeners that are hardcore audio, don't worry. We always link all this stuff in the show notes on the website. So you guys be able to go back and easily get to all of his, his site and social media and everything else. But right in your about page and there's plenty more below this, but I just love how you cut right to the chase. Like, listen, giving people everything they want in life is easy. All you have to do is make them realize that everything they're really after is already inside of them. And I mean, again, you can cut to a lot more content down here, but by the way, really love these images right here. Um, only because right here, right now, I'm learning to swim because I have to do a triathlon in less than four weeks. So oh, um, cool. I, I will crush the bike. I will crush the run. And I've stayed away from water my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so for our listeners, I'm sharing images of him. Uh, you, you at your national championships and uh, you got a few medals there on you. So what's up with that? Yeah. So it's, it's funny that you said, so you're, you're four weeks out from your triathlon. Uh-huh. Yeah. That that's cool, man. And you stayed away from the water your whole life. Well, this will be uh -huh. this will be good news. Um, I, mean, I I've been in the water. I mean, I've done like <laughs> wakeboarding and stuff like that with oh, cool. you know adrenaline stuff. But I always had a life vest on. So right, right. <laughs> um, well, it's funny because I stay. I was out of the water pretty much my whole life too. And actually, taking up swimming was a reaction to a phobia that I had since I was a kid of being immersed and submerged in water. Yeah. I mean, I could hang out around it, you know, but I didn't have the normal discomfort most kids do where they freak out a little bit. I like lost my stuff and hmm. it was embarrassing, but I like didn't really care. I was just like, just get me out of the pool. I'll oh, hold on a second. What, what do you mean you lost your stuff? Like what kind of reactions are we talking about here? I want to see how bad I am compared to you. <laughs> so when I was doing swim lessons, if I had to put my face under the water or anything like that, it just produce this visceral panic in me oh, wow. and just like this hysterical sort of crying. So it wasn't, again, your typical normal, because we all have sort of normal fears, I guess. Yeah. And this one did not fit in that category. It was- Sounds more it, traumatic. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's how it was. It was very traumatic. That's a perfect way to put yeah. it. Because my, my coach is like, well, he's like, Scott, you have classic examples of anxiety. He's like, so as we continue your training, the whole point here is breaking those barriers down. And he's like, Scott, he's like, you've been in all these other sports. He's like, we just have to get through this one and you'll be fine. I was like, okay, cool. Um, but I, he referred to mine as anxiety. Not, I'm hearing yours and it sounds traumatic, man. I'm like, if I was your parents, like taking you to these lessons, be like, what are we doing to our kid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, bless their hearts. I mean, I think it was really cool because it's good for your kids not to know how or, or to know how not to drown, which I did get that far. Mm. But it just was and I tried to hold it together as much as I could. But inside, it was just like tearing at me um, big time. So <clears throat> I, you know, went through basically, I didn't get in the pool till I was like 30 when I actually like really okay. decided I'm taking up swimming and um, 
as, as kind of inspired by Michael Phelps' performance at the 2008 Beijing Olympics, I think it was. Oh, that's and quite that's inspiring, kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, holy cow. You look at it, for somebody like me that loves peak performance, I'm like, it planted a little seed of, like, dang, man, if that guy can produce that, like, come on. A like, whole I different could level, step a whole different level. Yeah, whole different level, you know, but it, it kind of pulled me up a little bit and seeing like, like, I hate swimming, but like, that's really cool to see, but that seed was there and that kind of grew. And then I kind of hit a, sort of a threshold around at 30 and I was like, screw this, I'm taking up swimming because why the heck not? When I was afraid of heights, not at the same level of the water issue, but I took up rock climbing and I know you love rock climbing. I'm oh, like, yeah to hell with it you know let's do rock climbing and so the swimming thing i finally got fed up with it took up swimming got some lessons ended up joining a master's team and just practice like crazy put a ton of work and um wait hold on just, if you're over 30 you're considered a master's athlete yeah so masters i thought is that was bad in the crossfit space because like i'm now i'm 40 <laughs> i'm 40 now so now i'm a, i'm like i'm hardcore masters because last last year last year crossfit as an organization unlocked the master's category down to 35. But I was like, well, I don't consider that master's, but now I'm, I'm officially, no matter what, no matter what competition I go to, whether they support that or not, I'm 40, like, well, you're masters. So, but 30 for, for swimming. I never really thought yeah, about that. It's even worse than that, Scott. So master's swimming is anybody basically over 18 with the exception, cause USA swimming takes everybody through like, even, you know, young up to, and through like, competing in the Olympics. Sure. And so that's like the uber competitive sort of elite level thing. And then, but once you really hit 18, you're in masters. The funny thing about it is, cause I just got back from the spring national championship. So that was my, my second nationals I qualified for and went to, and um, it's, you'll go there and there'll be like people from the Olympics there. So they'll come up and totally screw up the curve in terms of the times. <laughs> <laughs> but it's inspiring to see them and to get your rear end handed to you. Oh, come on. Hold on a second. Okay. <laughs> like, inspiration aside, you're probably just like, oh, man, come on. How am I supposed to beat that guy or girl? Actually, in this case, girl. I mean, literally, there's, there's elite female athletes crushing anything that I could do. I, I got nothing on that. So, oh my, oh my gosh. And, and, you know, the interesting, I love that about swimming actually, because, and I don't know why, but there's, I just have so much respect for people that are competing at that level, unless they're total jerks, but if they're just kicking butt, you know, I've gotten in the, you know, even at local practices here, gals that have you know gone to the olympic trials and all this kind of stuff and they'll show up once in a while to a master's practice i'm like what's up <laughs> i know who's <laughs> gonna beat me up the rest of practice but it's really cool to see just like the way people move and what they can do so i like it but yes in competition sometime you look down and i know a couple of years ago it was like all these people and like ryan Lockie was there at, at spring nationals and i can imagine if i looked down the line and saw that i'd be like you gotta be freaking kidding me like <laughs> yeah i mean that was like uh, when I, I, I've been a biker forever and a cyclist. And when I moved to Colorado, my buddy, uh, shout out to Andy. I think he's following the show now. He's finally embracing uh, personal and professional development like we're talking about here at Reaching Peak Performance because he runs one of the most successful bike shops in the Denver market area. So shout out to Pedal of Littleton Pedal. in Littleton, Colorado, because I got to help work on that place before he opened it when I moved there. And, uh, and, and the... 
so his fiance, not fiance, it was his girlfriend, sorry. His girlfriend and him called me up on, on the move from east to west when I was moving to Colorado. He's like, hey, dude, you should, um, you should go do this uh, endurance race in Texas. And I was like, why? He said, well, it's kind of on your way out here. And I did the GPS mapping on that, of that road trip because I, you know, I had my whole life fitting in my car. And I was like, this is nowhere near on the way. Austin, Texas is like, I got to go down and around through the Carolinas. I was like, well, he's like, well, she's going down and she's going to camp out and do this mountain bike race. You should do it. You you love to ride. And I was like, okay, I never even did a mountain bike race. I've done like hundred plus mile road cycling events, stuff like that. No big deal. So I meet her down there. We do this endurance race, which is 60 plus miles on a mountain bike. So it's like four laps of 15 miles, you know, in Austin, Texas, out in their dry land that they call fertile Texas land, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And short story on that, I had mechanical issues every single lap. Uh, Didn't care. I still survived it, still completed it. And uh, the point though, is that then after I moved to Colorado, I got hooked on that. And I started doing a, uh, there's a race series there. I think it's still going on. It's called the Rocky Mountain Endurance Series. And to your point, when the pros show up, here's the problem with Colorado, ladies and gentlemen. Even the semi-pros are pros. Like, you don't <laughs> you don't even have to worry about the pro pros showing up. They're there, but it's like the local neighbor who never really went pro, but he's still performing at, like, the pro level compared to where I'm at. I was like, what? where do these people come from? I mean, talk about surrounding yourself with people that are better than you. The very first race, I got my butt handed to me. I was like, what is going on? I thought I was good. <laughs> And I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could relate to that from the swimming world oh. too. It's like, what? Oh, yeah. Colorado's producing like superhumans or something. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 ridiculous, especially depending on the the part of Colorado that you're in. Like Boulder comes to mind, which is just an entire different universe for. So I call many that reasons. the bubble city. I think a lot of people yes. call it that actually. Um, yeah. <laughs> actually, there was there was another thing. Um, not not to offend anybody, that I learned this from my roommate. Uh, he was a mountaineer. And uh, he took me on my first backcountry ski trip out there. Anyway, he called it the city of Trustafarians. And I was like, <laughs> what, is that, what does that mean? He's like, picture trust fund kids, but dressed like Rastafarians. He's like, they'll pull up in a BMW and get out looking like a Rastafarian and then act like they don't have money, but they do have money. And I was like, what? And then I went there. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not too far off and it's crazy. And, but yeah, there's so much, so many high performing people and a lot of it is the altitude and the culture and everything else. I remember maybe a year ago, year and a half, I was in a, I was swimming in a race against this 71 year old guy who kicked the crap out of me. And I was just like, really not swim or pool swim, pool swim. Okay. And granted he's like, a legend but you know so part of me was like damn it and the other part of me was like you were such a stud i want to be you when i grow up (laughs) oh yeah let's be real there is definitely a level of respect there i mean it's number one it's a smack you 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 thought you were good and then you (laughs) that was like my actually it's funny you bring up 71 i wonder if she was that age my first marathon was the marine corps uh people's marathon in washington dc yeah. Same damn thing, dude. I didn't. I didn't train right. <laughs> I, I injured my IT band beforehand. I still completed it. I went from no running 
to doing a marathon. Don't recommend that. I've mentioned this on past podcasts. Please be smart and work your way from 5K to 10K to, you know, like normal human beings would do. Don't be a mm-hmm. dumbass like me and just, oh, I'm going to go do a marathon. Um, did it. But uh, it took me, you know, over four hours to complete it. But I think I was somewhere between mile, oh, God, it had to be like between like 15 and 20. And I see this sweet old woman just trucking up. <laughs> Like she's like not even working, you know, gotta be late sixties. I'm thinking maybe seventies. And she looks over at me. She could tell my legs starting to hurt. And she's yep. like, you're doing great. It's all in your mind. Just keep going, have fun. And just keeps on going past me. And I was like, that just happened. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of stuff. Like that's, that's the kind of thing that happens in a movie. And you're like, that never happens. Oh, it, it happens. happens. It happens. Oh, like my gosh. your ego just goes, <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm still trying to survive my marathon. I'm just like, I still have how many miles left? And I just got passed by grandma. Oh, man. Yeah. Wake up call. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But it does happen. And, you know, be, and also being willing to be in a position where that kind of thing can happen to mm-hmm. you. I, you know, a lot of people don't want that. And they so they're not in maybe a, com, a competitive environment. But it's like, it's like, come on, like. Because you, because you're gonna look, you know, like bad to other people. Competition to me is so powerful because it allows us to have sort of that social pull and the draw of being shoulder to shoulder with other people that are just grinding and killing it. And there's an energy that's created, and we push each other, and we do things that we all know we're not going to do in the gym by ourselves. There's times when you have to be in the gym by yourself. That's a majority of training for a lot of us, but you know, it's, it's really getting, you know, with teammates or competing or being around other competitive people. And not that for me, I'm not motivated quite frankly, to try and beat other people. I want to be the best person that I can possibly be and to push the edges of my potential. Mm -hmm. But one of the best ways I've found to do that. And, um, and certainly with a lot of my clients, because they tend to be, athletically inclined, like I am athletically inclined business owners, CEOs, top level execs, whatever. And they understand that, right? like push having people around you that push you to become better. And then you push the people around you. And it's this beautiful, beautiful cycle. And it, I think it can be really challenging sometimes if people are so uber competitive that they have to win and beat everybody else. And, and there's nothing... I guess there's nothing wrong with being driven by that, but I do feel a lot of the people that that's their primary thing. They kind of I agree. They're, edge they're, away from there's you know the personal high. There's the personal high that they still have, and I'm 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 guilty of it. I mean, let's be real. I think each of us who are very competitive, you have your own inner goals that you're looking for. But I think what I'm hearing from you and what I started realizing over the past couple of years, especially, is that as we move along the timeline, we start, you know, leveling up is that you reach a point where, oh yeah, I'm still competitive. I still want to win, but it's like, oh, who else can I help along the path? Who else can I bring along in my aftermath, so to speak? Not saying, oh, I'm, I'm better than you. So, hey, I just crushed that. So I just want to inspire you with my win. It's not about that. It's about like, I'm just telling you, dude, I was, I was where you were. Okay. Or I was near where you were. It just took yep. this much time, this much work to get to where I am now. So yes. it's, it's proving to people that this peak, I mean, I, I can't wait to hear how you, how you respond to this, the peak performance piece. I'm like, guys, mm. 
you just had a different place on a timeline. I've been using this this phrase now a lot over the past six months. It just keeps it just flows off naturally. I'm like timeline people, like business world stuff. Like just plan your timeline out. You can't like successfully launch a book, a movie, a, a, a company in five days. I mean, you could. Um, don't know how sustainable it would be. <laughs> Sustainability is key. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, so how do you, how do you want to uh, chime in on that? Cause I mean, that's where, when I was digging into your background and, and we'll do some more screen share in a minute here, like your public speaking, your coaching. And I knew you and I were going to vibe a lot on this. I'm like, where's the peak at, man? Like people don't understand, like the peak will come. Everybody can reach peak performance. I truly believe that. So, yeah. And so for my first thought is that the peak performance, um, is a bunch of little pretty simple to do things that most people don't want to be bothered with. And again, if you, you know, it's a good discipline or ritual, if it's easy to do and easy not to do. And I love that stuff because I know most people won't do it. I'm like, I'm just going to overtake you by sheer freaking work, dude. And, you know, like peak performance is sort of the echelon and it sounds sexy and all that, but you know, it's not necessarily sexy when all the bleachers are empty and you're there at like five in the morning and nobody else is there and nobody cares and nobody's clapping and you're there day after day after day, even at times when you wonder like, why am I doing this? You have some of the thoughts pop up like that. But the ability of people to come back to that is so powerful. And it's, it's like getting in the trenches and doing it. And I actually wanted to talk to you about this because you being, being so involved in athletics and competition, um, you know, for, for, for so much of your life, it looks like, right. It's been an integral part of you from what I can tell is. Yeah. I guess I didn't really realize it until in the past couple of years, especially I just, just, I would just go do stuff. Like I became a spinning instructor years ago and started doing personal training on the side. Like I always had my big corporate gig and stuff. I just, until I started building with fuel on the brand, I never realized like, just like you where athletics is actually a big part of this. And I never really let it shine as much as I do today. And it's like, I feel like I have to let that shine because like my, my own brother does not follow any of this stuff. I, I, your family is the hardest people to help influence by the way. But anyway, he's, just, he's like, he's like, he's like, yeah, I stopped following you on Facebook because I don't care what workout you did today. And I was like, number one, I don't post every workout I do. If I did, you would be drowned. <laughs> okay. But I was like, number two, Golly. I said, I said, it's not about, me sharing or bragging about my workout. It's I have people that purposely have told me they follow me and love seeing that they're not going to go try and do that exact workout right away. But I've had people tell me, thank you for sharing that. You made me go work out today, or you made me go try something different uh, next week or a month from now. And that's where it's like, people don't understand that. I I talk about this. I want to hear your feedback on that too. It's like, guys, like social media can be used for good and it can be used for bad. All right. I stopped listening to the negative news networks and I don't ha- I haven't had cable in years. Okay. I don't want it. I was like, I, and people say, well, you can still get that on social media. I'm like, yeah. And as soon as it pops in my newsfeed, I find that page and I block it and I unfollow it. That's my little hack real quick. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't like something in your newsfeed, just unfollow it or unfollow that person, remove them from your influential circle. So uh, what do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, I think it's it like everything else. <clears throat> some people are going to say it's great or it's evil. And it's what you make of it. it that's like acting like money is evil. <clears throat> no, 
getting super attached getting super attached to it and and like loving it and getting head over heels with money is going to cause cause you tremendous tremendous problems and i had i've I've been there in my past and like i I just went to an event a few months almost a month ago now down in philadelphia man tony robbins and and gary vaynerchuk and and all these top speakers john c maxwell were all there and then i connected with the actually just got his book ever followed i think he's from colorado too actually uh douglas scott nelson okay his book is called catch fire so he literally caught on fire um like he he blew himself up in a house so uh accidentally so but powerful story like the whole body like 80 80 percent melted like just powerful man the point is he he's now one of the coaches and they train on the millionaire mindset right and there's a lot of books tied to that branding so the whole point here is that is I still struggle with that from time to time because I I'm looking to level up, but I don't want to fall into that place where I want money to be inspirational and influential and create change. That's yes. what I went out of the money. But and ten that, years ago, I wasn't in that mindset. So yeah. And that's exactly like social media. Like you said, I want to inspire, right? I want to help people have mindset. I I want to do whatever I can to, to give and contribute. And money, money can be a tremendous tool for that. Social media can be a tremendous tool. It can also be something that drags you down. It's, you know, it's funny. And like, I don't, and like people totally have the right to do this, but I'm just, I'm going to out with it. So (laughs) if people put a bunch of political stuff on their Facebook, book stuff i just like i never look at their news feeds because it's so it's like that is so okay like i care about i care about what's up in your life and not necessarily all your opinions about something that's going to be crazy divisive and like i love i and i love these people very much but it's it's like it's it's just a stressful sort of negative thing um to me and so i don't look at that if i want to actually watch the news i'm picky and choosy about what I do. And then I know the things that bother me and don't like there's some, like my wife, like politics drives her in like, she just doesn't like paying attention to it because it makes her angry. It Mm. make, it cracks me up and it interests me. Um, so like I can watch that. You find her turmoil entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's like this, it's like this real world, you know, people are all excited about you know game of thrones and stuff like that which is a good show too but it's like it's like this is actually happening like and truth is stranger than fiction and you know so to me like it's like watching the massive chess game and everything so that's kind of fascinating but yeah getting back to the social media it's you know how can we use it to contribute and give to other people and when you were saying you know i don't care about your workout like a lot of people are going to see that and they're going to say dang, that's pretty cool. Like mm-hmm. I could probably, I could, I could actually do more. Like if he could do that, he's not shoving into my face. It's just there for me to see and creating breakthroughs for people. The little things that we sometimes do for others. When you mentioned that lady, you know, uh, coming up beside you, she could see that you're winded and like, Hey, it's all in your head. Just keep your head down, keep yeah. going. That can be fuel to the soul. And that can make the difference between somebody like stopping at the side of the road and just giving up the ghost or like moving forward and crossing the finish line. And it's not just our journey. It's the people that are beside us that may see us doing something that we don't even know the impact that we're having. And that's why it's so important for us to be, in in my opinion, stretching our potential and our comfort zone and just 
ever expanding in that because it gives other people courage maybe to do the same. Yeah, I think people underestimate the power of a positive word or a positive three words. It doesn't need to be a sentence, doesn't need to be a paragraph, doesn't need to be a dissertation, doesn't need to be a public speaking event. That one little moment back in 2008, she was a contributing factor. At first, it was like, it's like, come on, really? Man, grandma passed me. But (laughs) the flip side of it, like her quick little words, the fact that she loved running that much, that she's willing to speak up to a perfect stranger and just say something positive and motivational because she's been there so many times where I was. Whether she knew I was a brand new runner or not, she knew it. And that's, that's why I love athletics. Like to go full circle back. You were asking about me, why I love athletics so much. I'm always posting stuff and athletics has been a part of my life for a while. I mean, I tried getting into it when I was a kid to answer your question. I tried doing the baseball thing. Didn't like the whole favorite kid thing, like the son of the coach, blah, blah, blah. Just didn't really vibe with baseball. Did it for like two, three years. Then I tried getting into basketball and again, didn't like the whole clicky, uh, stuff. We went to a small school. So I got into martial arts and ended up falling in love with that until I was probably 18 until I had to start paying for it myself. And yeah. <laughs> I think, my, I think my parents put me into karate just to, uh, try and calm me down. And cause they at least instead of them beating me, they had a sensei hitting me with a bamboo stick on the back of my knees. Really? Um, but you're, you're so low energy. I can't believe they needed you to. I know. Right. To, well, Seriously. Yeah, I was like, I, I think you're blowing this out of way out of proportion. Way out of proportion. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> but, but I mean, but karate, I mean, I still use the, the lessons I learned from martial arts to this day. I still use them. I'm not into it anymore, but I mean, I still follow it. And then yeah, years later that led to biking more and cycling and spinning instruction. And obviously fast, I mean, ski race coaching for, for 11 years and, uh, obviously getting into marathons and charity, like big MS 150 ride, yada, yada, yada. I mean, now, now I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm still a, a CFL one, uh, CrossFit coach, but I don't do it all the time because I just, I'm busy doing all of this. So every right. once in a while, like last week I went and coached a class for my buddy's gym because he's like, Hey man, you always show up for Sunday's hero wads. You're a CFL one. I, he's like, I got some life balancing with the kids. I'm like, dude, go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go there and sweat anyway. I was like, I'll coach the class. Don't worry about it. I he he doesn't pay me. I'm gonna be there anyway and working out with those guys. And it's just fun. But I love. I, I've always had coaching in my life for the past, even in the corporate space. So I'd say 15 years now. There's been some form of coaching in, in my part-time professional career, if you want to call it that. <laughs> nice. Because awesome. athletics are a big lesson planner. I think that's why I think that's why I'm vibing with your brand so much. Is that sports, man? They teach you a lot. They teach you to win. They teach you to lose. They teach you how to lose, and that's the most important thing. And maybe the word "lose" is not the right word here, because kind of tying it together, what you were just talking about regarding uh, religion and and uh, politics, uh, business one hundred and one. I learned from a mentor a long time ago. Don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> right. The, Politics and religion do not belong in business. Like you, it, church and state, whatever, separate it. So, like nobody cares either. No. That's the other. If somebody really cares, like I would come to you if I really wanted to know. Yeah. In a private conversation, and mm. I would ask you because I care. Most people don't actually care, and it's it's like I don't. I have no desire to get into like this battle of wills with people. I'm like, you can think what you want to think. Like that's 
that's the thing. I don't have a problem. I actually am really curious to why you feel that way or you believe that thing. And I genuinely am, you know, it's like, it's like I have no desire to, to hate on people or something. No. Um, I want to know what they're about. Right. But to, to like, just like some people are constantly telling me what they think. Of well, stuff you know what it is. Work. See, here's the deal. I love where you're going with this. I'm vibing. It popped just in my head. I'm like, the problem with people posting about politics and religion all the time is it's very surface level. You're not you're not giving me what's going on inside of you. You're giving you you're, you're adding an opinion in to an already something that's already blown out of proportion, right? I want to know who you are. I I don't care what political view you have, what religion you have. What are you doing right. to positively change the world? Okay? What are your what are your core beliefs? Not the religion, not the politics. Because guess what? Uh, I, I'm not a church guy, but like your priests change every few years, I'm guessing, or pastors, whatever you call them. Religion, hello, we get a new president every so often. We get a new cabinet. We get, it's constantly changing. So just deal right. with it. You're going to go from Democrat to Republican to blah, 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 blah. I don't care as long as the job is getting done, as long as we're creating positive change moving forward. That's all I care about. In the end, exactly. those, those people we elect, those are tools. I'm electing yep. a tool in the process. I'm adding a new cog or a new, I'm, I'm swapping a gear out in this machine of, of our success in our future. That's it. Exactly. And, and it's, it's just like getting crazy caught up in it. The other thing is it can be used as, I actually do use um, in my case, when I follow politics, I use it as a distraction, but on mm. purpose. When I'm having downtime, it's like an entertainment distraction. I don't, and by entertainment, I don't mean like there's actual serious issues. You hinted at that with the no, wife thing there. You could tell there's some kind of entertainment mixed in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But um, it's, you know, it's it's intentional. It's not this. It's not this thing to get all worked up about and use as a distraction of like, hey, I can't you know, I'm so angry about, there's so many people that are so angry and get caught up and baited into things. And it's like, holy cow. And, and it's some people, I, I feel what it's, what scares me about it is when people are doing it almost subconsciously in a way that it's sabotaging where they're trying to go because they're actually using it as, as a diversion yeah. to like put all their focus over here. And it's like, stop crying and get off your yeah. butt. You can't like vote vote there you go after yeah. like after i mail in my stuff i don't even really pay attention to like who like i did my thing awesome i'm getting out i'm on you know i'm this, on the trail if i'm running I'm because sleeping. we don't we never talk about i mean we're not really getting that heavy into politics ladies and gentlemen but it's just like this is very very upper level it's just like guys like if you're upset with something take action a lot of these people who complain don't actually participate in the elections so it's like okay well then you, what are you actually doing you're just a big blow, blow hard megaphone. Like, okay, if you want to create change, follow the process. Okay. Right. Complaining about it. First of all, let's go back to peak performance, right? Yep. What is the amount of energy that you are exerting to go down the religion route, the political route, then I'll just call it the negative Nancy route. What are, like you're, you're yep. taking all that power, all that energy, all that time and going down this route that's not actually going to create any any actual positive change. Or you get redirected, hopefully by yourself. If not, you get a coach or you get somebody hopefully yes. that's positive in your life to redirect that powerful energy. Yes. And you start creating positive change. And it might be something small yes. today, this week, or next month. But it's like, oh my God, if we could redirect all of that anger, all that energy <laughs> into something positive. Oh, 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and that's 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 the entirety of it, right? It's it's okay, like I get it. And unless you're a professional, unless you're a actual politician, let's take all that energy because I'm so impressed by the amount that's going down this path, whatever it is. Cause I don't think like you and I are just here. It's like, cool, whatever your view is, whatever it is, yeah. what I think, it, you know, at least grates on me a little bit is like, you're not a professional politician, whatever. So channel all that energy. It's this, it's the same thing I used to, you know, deal with so much in, in like the dog training world is a dog would have a ton of drive and energy and it's just going crazy. And I'm getting called because like, Oh my gosh, my life is, is in total shambles because of this dog and stuff. And I go in there as a trainer, just like I do as a peak performance specialist. And I'm like, dang, man, that's an impressive amount of drive and energy. Now, if it's not channeled, it's going to destroy you. But if we channel it right, holy Moses. And I think when you, you know, you said your parents put you in martial arts, that's great, right? I've got somebody with a lot of energy and let's put some structure around it in mm -hmm. a way that's directed towards something that's going to be constructive for them and their future and where they want to go and what they want to do and who they want to become and not get caught up in some side issue that doesn't, it's not really germane to the, the core of your life and who you are. And I think that's when you said, it's like, who are you at your core? What do you care about? And getting in touch with that and, and really focusing on ourselves. Because if I can't change the, you know, some system that I, I like or don't like, don't agree with, it's like, I can work on me. And that's what it all comes back to is what can I do to make myself better? Because I got plenty to worry about in my own game than to like look at somebody else and be like, you got to do all this stuff. It's like, I got plenty to work on at home. You know what oh, I'm yeah. saying? I, I tell people all the time, like my my own my brother and other people in my life, to like, you need to care more about politics and stuff like that. I'm like, I do care. Let me let me redirect this. I do care, but yeah. I also know what my energy and my efforts are actually going to bring about. So, for now, until that election happens, I'm going to go do what I do in this world and make positive change. All right, build a business, help people build their businesses, build their brands run a podcast, trying to give all this free knowledge that you and I are doing today. This is free content. All right. What, to be fair, this is considered entertainment, but this is also literally like free coaching people. Like, <laughs> hello. Hope, if we get through to just one person today, when they yep, hear this recording, I, this is why I got into podcasting because it's not just about me sharing my voice. It's me bringing your voice to the masses as well. So we're creating change or we could, you and I could just unplug right here, right now, go turn on the negative use networks and sit there and waste the next two hours sitting on a couch, watching a television about people complaining about what's going on. I'm like, well, great. You really created a lot of positive change out of that. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's a touchy, it's a touchy thing. And, and I hope this is okay to go into, but I remember when 9-11 happened, I think we all remember kind of- Oh, 9-11 we triggered me eventually getting into firefighting for a little while too. I could, I could not let that go. It was such a massive shift. So yeah. And, and like the, and it's interesting to see how, you know, for me, it was just fascinating how I kind of responded to that. Cause I, I don't think it, I responded the right way, but I'm just going to tell you how I responded to it because I still think it's like interesting. Um, I woke up, I remember I was like turning off my alarm cause it went to radio, hmm. um, when it came on and of course it's all over the radio and stuff. And I was like, what? All right. So I get up, I go, gosh, I was still at my parents' house when that happened. Um, went down the hall, like check out the TV. I was like, damn it. Like that's insane. Mm -hmm. And then I turned around and I went back to my room. I got dressed, went downstairs, put on my running shoes and I went down the track 
because I said, you know what, I could sit here watching the news all day. That's not going to do crap for anybody. If I end up getting like drafted into the military, I didn't know what was going to happen and stuff. What I can do is go down and prepare Mm -hmm. and do something and be physically fit and do something constructive. But like, I'm not going to sit around and watch the TV all day long. I I woke up. I I want to do something. I was, uh, it's funny. Everybody, everybody remembers where they were at 9-11. I mean, because there's, there's psychology behind that. It's something so powerfully impactful in in life will just blaze that into your long term memory. And yeah. uh, it, it's I woke up, staying with my family, saw the news, got dressed, and went to work. <laughs> I was like, it's not that I don't care about what's happening, but that's what unfortunate things like that are trying to do. They're trying to disrupt terrorism. Disrupts your life. That's the whole point. I wasn't going to let that happen. I'm like, I have a job to go do. Like, I mean, at the time, I actually had two jobs. I had my corporate gig. And when I wasn't, uh, sorry, three jobs. I was corporate gig, teaching spinning, and uh, I was a bartender. So Once again, because of your low energy. Yeah, I, I know. I'm really <laughs> lazy. I'm really lazy. Uh, but, <laughs> but the point was, and yeah, and I turned that television back on uh, when I got to, my, got to the restaurant to bartend. Mm-hmm. And obviously, then, I, and then I, got, I, I, I literally saw the second tower fall. So, yep. I mean, not to, not to dwell on the, on the past, but I mean, this past was a powerful shift and change for the world, not just each of us individually. But the point here is that I wasn't going to let stuff like that disrupt me. I still had things to do. I mean, I still yeah. had people to, people like, well, you, why, bartending's not going to change the world. I'm like, yeah, but I had a job to do. Okay. All right. What do you want me to do? I'm going to go sit home and just sit there and just do nothing. I, at least I, I, I can go to the job and turn the TV on at the bar and I can have conversations right. with people. And yes. we could try and move on, move through and, it, move through and it. The, and the thing about, you know, like bartending is not going to change the world. Like, how do you know? What if you change one person's world in that position? Like that, that's yeah. a huge thing. And I think we can underestimate things that we would consider like not world and life changing, but we all play a part. Yeah. We all play a part. I remember there was actually a guy who came in. He's like, I just need to get off of the road and think about this. And he did not come to drink. I, I remember to this day, I forget the guy's name right now. It might've been Dave, but he drank club soda. That's it. He just yep. wanted to come down have a conversation, not be driving his car. Like it was, that's for him at that point in time, that's what he needed. And I was like, whoa, okay, well, I'm here doing my job. If I wasn't there, what if he was out on the road? I don't know. Like we don't know what could have came out of that. So yeah. I don't really, and, that's and- fine. I never really think about that till literally just now. That's crazy. Um, and a lot of people freeze too, right? You mentioned something happens. That's the entire point is fear. And when people get fearful, they tend to freeze and not do anything. And I actually wanted to point this back to you because we talked about fear earlier with, you know, overcoming fear and how much athletics is so much actually about that. If you, you know, if you sign up for a race, there's going to be a little bit of, you know, if it's not fear, it's a little bit of like nervousness, excitement, what, yeah, anxiety, whatever you want to call it. And for you, being in a position of, you know, being, you know, like the hot shots, like, holy cow, I want to know from you, because <laughs> you have to get in some crazy situations like yeah, that. We were, we were and, in some, yeah. yeah we, and even just like the training's insane. So how did you really process fear and did you develop a system for that? And what did you find most beneficial? Uh, luckily, I was called the old guy on the crew. <laughs> <laughs> okay. At, at 32. Um, oh, I mean, this is good. This is because, uh, you know, this is, well, this is, yeah, it's eight years ago. It was my rookie year, 2010. 
Um, I was considered the old guy. Most people coming in 18 to 24, just like the military. They want mm. minds that are moldable, trainable. Um, and I can thank things like me getting, trying that marathon, um, in 2008, two years prior, uh, getting right. into endurance cycling, hundred plus mile mm. events. So I've talked about this many times. I think athletics was a huge part of this because that that's what I did to win over the superintendent in that lunchtime job interview at the Academy was I listened. I was like, I know you, you, he came right out and told me, he's like, you're old. He's like, I don't know if you have the mindset that I need. <laughs> he's like, I need multiple minds. He's like, it is, it, this is one of the most dangerous jobs on the planet. He's like, I can't have people having independent thought. He's like, unfor- right. he's like, unfortunately, he's like, I know your resume is impressive. You've done corporate stuff, blah, blah, blah. He's like, uh, great. You did a great job selling yourself. He's like, but right now I need people that I know that have that ability, but can follow orders. And the funny thing was I was anti-military my whole childhood too. So I was like, there's no way I'm going to go in the military. Uh, I don't, don't want to be told what to do. I'm independent thought. Um, but I, ha- I had to, I had to suck that up. And it's like, listen, Scott, you set this goal that you wanted to get on a hotshot crew. So that means you got to put your shit aside. And trust me, I struggled. Yep. I, those two years, <laughs> I just thought I could just turn that switch off. It was constantly a struggle for me. Even when I knew we made mistakes, like one time we got chased out by a wall of fire. I was like, when I got off of that vehicle and we were doing rapid deployment and I'm just like, we should not be here. Like my gut kicked in. The fear was there. The anxiety was there. I felt the heat from the, I felt the wind shift. I felt the wall roar up. I saw it. I was like, we should not be here. <laughs> vehicles, were already, vehicles were already driving down the road. Like, well, there goes that. And then literally in less than like a minute, I got my radio on. Everybody's like, let's get the hell out of here. About yeah. face. And we don't run because you're controlled and orderly. You, you speed march down the road where you came from. <laughs> so, and we got out fine. And luckily we were on a road, an actual regular road. And, uh, but it's, it's stuff like that where it's like, that's mm. training. That's putting in the reps, right? Like the first part yes. of your fire season, when you show up, first two weeks are critical training. They break you down. This is all straight out of the military, man. Like this is classic Marine Corps training. I was told, like (laughs) they said, listen, first two weeks, no days off. We're doing two a days. That's where I found my passion for CrossFit. I never knew what the hell CrossFit was. I show up in the mountains of Arizona and he's like, all right, we're doing two wads day CrossFit format. And I'm like, what's a wad? What's a CrossFit? Um, uh, why, why is it like after day one, I wake up in the morning, I can't move <laughs> when you thought you were fit. Um, oh yeah. That those first two weeks were not just physical. They were physically breaking you and mentally breaking you down because they said, listen, guys, for the next six months, it's 16 hours a day, you know, two weeks straight on fire assignments before you get days off. You're going to be physically exhausted. We need the mental fortitude. And that was the one thing that I think that helped me a little bit was because I had a few years on me and I had done the endurance sports. Yeah. If, if that helps answer some of your questioning. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like, I, like over, over training. Cause you get to a certain point where you've done, you've pushed your body so far uh, that you push it past what you actually are going to need it to hmm. do. Hopefully. Right. In athletics. It's like, if you want to run a race, at a, if you want to run a 5k at a certain pace, it's interesting because sometimes people, and I, I'm not like a running coach, but I, I just in my mind, I'm going, okay, you're training for a 5k by running a couple 5ks every week, not races, just like in your training. Hmm. And I'm thinking you need to be doing sprints. You need your body to be used to going so much faster than you need it to go in that time that you feel like you're crawling on race day. Yes, you do need the endurance for it, right? But what most people don't 
have or feel like they have is the legs under them and the speed that they need. And it's the legs that feed the wolf, right? And so it goes back to like having that discipline and putting in the training that you talked about. I love that. And then at the very beginning, you basically talked about putting your stuff aside, which if the goal and the dream and the vision you can sound corny if you wanted to, but it's true. If it's compelling enough to you, you can set aside things that you've told your whole life you've been really opinionated about. And you're like, you know what? That's actually of relative unimportance here because I got something bigger to go after. And if you put legs underneath a vision that's compelling enough for you to get outside of yourself and put your stuff aside, it's, it's like, it's game over. Oh, it's, it's, it was, Hands down. I mean, I, to this day, I, I get people keep telling me, I got to get on, I got to figure out how to write this book. Uh, Cause everybody wants me to write a book about this. It's like, all right, I'll, I'll figure it out when I have the time. I got to, I have to make the time, but there's just been so many mental, I mean, obviously the physical shifts happen, but the mental yeah. shifts, that's the mind game is, is really, really what I take when I, when I think back those years is only two years. Like I, I tell people like, guys, like there's people doing this as a career. I mean, the video I po- workout yesterday I posted was of me doing Hot Shots 19, which honors the following 19, the Grand Mountain Hot Shots. It's something we had yep. uh, created by the CrossFit organization. We petitioned them. They created a hero's workout. I do it every single year, at least twice a year. Uh, obviously, this weekend was the five-year anniversary when they passed away on June right. 30th, 2013. I take that very seriously because I knew 17 of the 19 faces. Like, we sat... Mm like in chow hall under a military tent eating in the mountains. Like we actually camped one of the, the movie, only the brave that just mm-hmm. came out this past year. If you haven't seen yep. it, go see that. Um, it's a great movie. Well, the one fire is called the horseshoe fire in the movie. I was on that fire. Like we mm. 2010, we got flown up in Huey helicopters to the mountaintops in uh, the Chiricahua mountains near Mexico border and in New Mexico, because they couldn't wait for us to hike up because that's what hot shots do. You just hike everywhere. Like, no, no, no. Right. We, need, we need you up there faster. So they deployed, uh, I think we had three to five crews in that remote section and they're one of the crews and we are one of the crews. And then we ended up spiking out. There was not the original game plan. Like, well, we're going to send you up there and there's a chance you may spike out. That means you're living up there for the next like two, three days until we have you hike out. And so they ended up like airlifting in like five gallon buckets of food. That's going to be a whole chapter in itself. Like how to set up a mobile uh, chow hall on the side of a mountain with five gallon oh, buckets that are flown up by a cargo net and a helicopter long lining it in. I have photos. It's awesome. Um, that's cool, man. That's, that's crazy though. That's just, just crazy. But it's like, <laughs> there's so many experiences in just two years, like so much crammed into those two years, so much mental reprogramming, mental reprogramming. Yep. I mean, like it was like, Again, anybody listening to this, if you ever want to just drop everything like I did and just you want to accelerate mental reprogramming, there you go. I mean, granted, it's kind of dangerous, but if you can put that aside and, and embrace your fears, I can't even, I still can't fathom all of the amount of reprogramming that happened in those two six-month seasons in 2010, 2011, because you're all in. You're all in. There's no, you're either in or you're out. I mean, it, that's it, so... And there's an intensity to that, that, you know, if you put yourself in a position to be pushed at that level, I think one of the ways we come to really believe we can do something is we're just in a situation where it's all we can do is really move forward. And then we get to a certain point of how this happened so much with me and a lot of my clients. And then you look back and you're like, holy crap, like, did that just happen? And it changes your perception of who you are and what you can do because you, but you have to put yourself in the position to do that and be um, 
intentional about that. It, it you know, it could happen by accident. Some people they do, they have epiphanies out of the blue or something crazy happens in their life. But I, I think that for the rest of us, we want to actually put ourselves in positions to pursue those type of opportunities. And it's different for each one of us. Some people are like, I don't really care about athletics. I don't care about, you know, this other stuff, but it's like, find your jam yeah. and put yourself in an uncomfortable spot where you're committed to do something. Um, to where you can't, you like, you don't have a backdoor exit. And that could be something, again, really, really simple. If you're, if you're like, you know what, I, I want to, I want to take a, I just want to push myself physically. And I've always thought about dancing or something. It's like, awesome. Before you talk yourself out of it, sign up for a class and get yep. in there. I mean, right? I, I thought we're talking about this. And I, real quick, by the way, I apologize. We're going a little long. Are you all right with time? Because oh, I'm good. Okay, yeah, I'm good. So you're good. this happens all the time. Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> I love where you're going with that because uh, you to kind of rewind back to you're using me as an example regarding the the swimming thing, right? Like, trust me, I've always had anxiety in water. Uh, I'm like, uh, the first day I showed up for lessons, he's like, all right, let me see you swim a lap. <laughs> he's just like all right, get out of that lap pool. I'm putting you in the old lady pool. There's like this warm water pool with full of old ladies doing their, their styrofoam exercise dumbbell things. And I'm like, I was like, all right, I, I got to suck it up. Like, he's a six guy. He's like, you muscled that lap. He's just like, your, your lungs are ready to rip out of your chest. He's like, yes, great. You've proven you can make it to the other side of the pool. He's like, I got to teach you how to relax. Mm. Uh, but before I even came to these lessons in the past month or two, it's last year, two years in a row, I'm going to watch my friends do their triathlons. And everybody's like, yeah. oh, Mr. Scott, former firefighter, do every other sport. When are you, you going to man up, you know, and do a triathlon? <laughs> or you, you can cross the bike. You can cross the swim. I mean, come on, do it, man. Go for it. And then you know, my fiance busted my balls too at the same time. Didn't help. <laughs> so uh, I was like, all right, well, uh, she, 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 she cracked the nut on the Olympic distance last year. So she's now able to do Olympic distance. I was like, geez, I got to play catch up here a little bit. Um, <laughs> So to your point, everybody's just like, oh, so, so my buddy, one of my best friends, Jason, he's like, he's like, Scott, you gonna do it? He's like, come on, you're, you're a committer guy. Commit. And I was like, all right, I'm in next year. Let's do it. 2018. He's like, all right, I'll believe nice. when you see it. I went home and booked it, paid the money, yes. done. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't even sign up until two weeks ago. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, dude, I committed a year ago. Dude, where where it, are you at? Man. He's like, I know I got busy, forgot about it. He's like, I almost missed the, the cutoff. And I'm like, yeah. Cause you're doing it with me. Yeah, I was like, you're the one who pushed me. I was like, and what? Oh, <laughs> that's and what and what scares me is a, a what if I feel like people miss bigger cutoffs in their life that they can't get right? back that is much yeah. bigger than sport. And it's like, put yourself out there. It's scary. Whatever you know, we all have to decide if we're more scared of regret or our fears and what is going to be driving us. And um. There's, there's something you mentioned earlier that I think would be, I, I wanted to touch on too. You, you said your, your swim coach was like, I got to teach you how to relax because just through sheer willpower, it sounds like you muscled your buns down the pool and you got to the other side because that's how you are. You're a winner. Yep. You're going to get there. Um, I I'll, I'll find a way to do it, man. I'll muscle the hell out of it. He's like, he's like, with that this guy, he's like, that's not sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I could totally relate to that. And I think, you know, a lot of your, your listeners certainly just be like the, the type of audience that you have very much hard charging people, I would guess by and large, 
And it's finding that balance of learning to relax because we can get so caught up in the trap of like type A, go, 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 charge, charge, mm-hmm. charge. I'll just muscle my way through it. And it's like, but you're going to freaking die because you, you can only go so far putting out that much energy inefficiently and you know, scaling it back, getting efficient, especially in something like swimming. It's a great metaphor, right? You have to be streamlined. You have to do things efficiently. You know, if you're a good swimmer, you're putting out way less effort to go like twice as fast as somebody who's maximum effort. And it's like learning how to relax, learning the technique and not everything. Sometimes speed and all that and like the power and all that is acquired by slowing down down and that's very counterintuitive to somebody like myself i've had, had to really work on it because i just know that that's a blind spot for somebody oh i'm, I'm guilty of it. i mean it's funny because everything we're talking about right now i gotta do i gotta I give you some, some little more plug in here on the video feed because everything we're talking about right now is i can tell it goes right into your one-on-one coaching so i'm i, I have to pause real quick because I, I gotta plug you i'm a marketer i gotta do that so uh <laughs> your tag here on the page only those who have the courage to start ever stumble upon things they never want to have want to have end so the courage to start we already talked about that great you can start muscling it and everything but what are you going to do to sustain that path that energy and that is everything you're talking about exactly you can't muscle everything okay i learned that in fire dude you have a 16 hour shift ahead of you okay we still took breaks. Like they still made us sit down because we're to be a hot shot. They said, guess what guys? We only hire type A people. We need people willing to beat the snot out of themselves. He said, cause then all we have to do is teach you how to sustain it and slow you down a little bit. He's like, it's harder to get people to that level. He's like, we, that, so every, like half the team is like football players or, or already, <laughs> already former military, like the hard chargers. Cause they needed that. Because then they said, listen, from a squad boss standpoint, it's like, I just got to teach you guys how to work together, learn teamwork, learn communication, and then slow you down so we can sustain your power through a 16-hour shift times two, you know, times two weeks. And that was very uh, educational to me as well. Um, and I, I'm sure that that's everything you and I are talking about right now. Like, I can't muscle a lap in a pool. But I could probably go for maybe two or three. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm burned out. And now I'm – and then because I don't know how to relax – I don't know how to float. I don't know how to float. I'm going to drown because I'm not willing to relax and embrace uh, the process. So, yeah. And if you're going to go hard, you got to know the race that you're running. And so how long can I sustain this effort? And if you're like, but I need that kind of output and that type of power, then you need somebody looking at that, that can coach you to that level so that you can perform that without getting yourself, you know, like, this the saying that which does not kill me makes me stronger bothers me a little bit because I always think unless it totally cripples you. Mm, that's a good point. Oh, you know what? Right. People don't bring that one up very often. And that's a classic. That's a classic <laughs> one. For especially for hard yeah. chargers. So and I, I, I and I love the spirit of that quote because I know it's what it's getting at, but there's always the flip side. Sure. Right. And if you're type A hard charging, there's always like the flip side and it's thinking about, but I don't want to be injured and crippled and I want to be able to get to the start line. And there's times when you cannot prevent injuries, but I believe that like, most injuries are self-imposed. Oh God. Yeah. I'm yeah. Do that. <laughs> At least in my life, you know, and, and um, so important to, to have that balanced mindset because I don't feel like life ever really truly balances, no. you know, with the way, you know, just the way society and everything is today you never really balance that but 
inside your balance. You're always making shifts and changes and um, making sure that your internal compass is going, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I definitely know what you're saying because I, I, I think it's important the listeners hear what you and I are talking about, right? Guys, like really listen to this because I'm a hard charger. I still am to this day, okay? I'm still not, I, I'm gonna throw this word out there because I'm waiting to bring it up. Perfect air quotes for the for the for the people who are listening, not watching us on video, is. <laughs> and I had a great mentor tell me this. He's like Scott. He's like, the day you stop chasing perfection is the day you start succeeding. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, he's like, I know. He's like, this sounds like a flip, but he's like, think about it. If you reach perfection, what's the point of living life? He's like. All the great experiences that have changed you, morphed you throughout your life and are yet to still morph you ahead come from making mistakes and learning from them. He's like, yeah, the wins are cool. Like the medals you get every once in a while, finishing a Spartan race, blah, blah, blah. He's like, it's great. Those are just little notches on the post. But he's like, the biggest, most powerful things that you actually learn that help direct your path in life are the mistakes, are the errors you make. He's like, so why the hell would I want to live a perfect life? He's like, that means I'm done. There's nothing else to learn. Everything is perfect. He's like, how boring is that? I was like, damn. And it's such a and it's such a cocoon too to me. I I I believe that perfection is very much, in my experience, rooted in fear. Hmm. There's there's a there's a huge fear component to it because it, you know if if everything has to be lined up to be perfect, first of all, you're not going to go anywhere because you're not going to make any decisions because like like oh if I can't do it perfect, I'm not. Yeah. Which is sort of like the whole line of if I can't do it 100%, I'm not going to do it, which is uh, a total Type classic, A thing to say. Classic quote: paralysis by analysis. All the business gurus like to use it. You know, it's like yeah. it's 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 legit. It's legit. People get paralyzed over analytical. They, they, they absolutely do. And then it's the people that aren't thinking and trying to be so perfect that surpass because they can live with that level of imperfection. Imper and there's a difference between perfectionism and being somebody who has incredible standards for yourself and for your life. Hmm. Right. Wow. But I think having fear and perfection is not a very high standard. I think it's a very low one. And if, if we can recognize little things like that and subtle shifts in our psychology and move to something that's more driven by like a healthier <laughs> way to pursue what we're going after, it's so important. Like if I wanted to be perfect, um, like I'll sign up for swim meets as a, for instance, where hey, you can always win. <laughs> no. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> hey man, look at my perfect record. I just keep crushing these races. <laughs> no, but it's like, I sign up for stuff and it doesn't, I don't scratch a race because I think like, Oh, I'm not going to do that good. Who freaking cares? That's an opportunity for me to get in the pool. And with all the imperfections, see what I can do and how much of myself I can give to the effort and pour into it. And, and that's, like some of the most magical performances we've ever seen as people who are just sick. I remember, was it Michael Jordan or something that was just sick as a dog during like yeah, the end yeah, of like NBA final. And that's what people want to see. People don't want to see the professional. I mean, it's cool to see the professional athlete when they're totally healthy, but it's when they're, they've got a fever and everything else. Yeah. And they pull he, he literally had the flu. That's a classic uh, part of his career history that if, if people really know, like, motivational yeah. stories that's George, like dude George he proved the power of mind over body right the mindset is everything he put in so many reps day in and day out whether he had a flu or not he's like dude I've been training for this he's like it's just just do it 
I mean, he's, you know, obviously he became the Nike, one of the biggest Nike spokespersons out there. He's a classic example of just do it. He's like, all right, I got the flu. Oh, well, I'm supposed to be one of the best basketball players in the world. It's time to prove it. Yep. Exactly. And that's one thing that, uh, you know, people at the top, you know, world class, they don't tend to make a lot of excuses. I don't know why that is. I, you know, it's, it's befuddling to me. Why don't they constantly make excuses? I, I like to talk about, and you know, the funny thing is, as I talk about this stuff, just because I specialize in peak performance and everything doesn't oh, yeah. mean that I've like perfected all this and that I'm great and I do all this stuff right. I screw this stuff up all the time, right? But I know how to get back on track. And I, one thing I like to talk about, you know, I, in talks I'm giving and coaching is that only common men and only common women have or can afford the luxury of excuses. Hmm. And wow, there's a reason Michael Jordan is who he is because he didn't whine and cry about it. He sucked it up. And, but, you know, it goes back to obviously sometimes working through an injury is not smart either. That's not what we're talking well, about. No. <laughs> right? That's a different thing altogether. No, that's a good point. And again, for our listeners, I'm actually, again, you guys got to go check out the YouTube once in a while because like I'm sharing his site and obviously you can just go to his site, you know, birdfordperformance.com. It's not hard, but he's got, I said, he's got the coaching page, but I'm doing sharing now on a speaking page because as you hinted at, you love talking about vitality, security, prosperity, productivity, and efficiency. These are all things that peak and average day people all need to constantly put the reps in on and improve upon. And I think kind of like we want to start bringing the show to the close on this theme here is that you as a peak performance coach, there is no such thing as perfection. You're just further along on the timeline. It just means that you've accomplished a few more things than the person who's just getting started. But that person's going to be where you're at today and you're just going to be further along the timeline, hopefully, as long as you stay on this path, right, is growth. Growth should never slow down. This is life. We keep growing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's... Again, when I've been around most people that are true, true perfectionists, if they can't let go of it, they tend to be really, really miserable. Mm. And for those of us that are goal-oriented, which I would say probably most of us are, we're like, we're going to get it done. We're going to tackle it. We're going to go get it. We're going to make it happen now. And that's just sort of the mindset. And it's great because it gets us started. But again, sustainability has to do with finding the magic in not only finding the magic and the journey and enjoying it, but seriously learning to love putting in the repetition and whatever that is for you. You're like, you know what? I know other people aren't doing what I'm doing right now. And I feel tired and it's long and it's windy and it's uphill and it's difficult, but I'm still here. And, um, I just, I love, I love that type of, that type of person, man. It fires me up. Well, it's, (laughs) I, I look, this is how silly I am with my hard charger mindset is that, you know, Saturday this weekend um, was obviously June 30th. That's the anniversary of, of the fall of 19. I take that very seriously. I literally forgot it was, I forgot, I thought it was Sunday, not Saturday. And like a month or two ago, my buddy who owns the, because I trained at a couple different CrossFit gyms besides my own little personal gym space here. And this will all connect full circle. So at the one gym, my buddy's like, hey man, we're going to have Hot Shots 19 this Saturday. You, you never miss it. You're going to be here. I was like, I look at my calendar. I'm like, oh no, actually, I'm I'm um, I'm competing with my other buddy who owns another CrossFit gym. His ten year old daughter has um, mm. got this weird thing about me and whatever. And she's just like, she wanted me to be her teammate 
for a this is their second annual family friendly CrossFit competition where moms and dads yeah. and kids and all that. And, but he's got to run the comp, and she wanted to work out with me. And right. I was like, all right, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a kids guy. But I was like, okay. So I, I just said yes and didn't even look at the the calendar. So I was like, crap. You know, I mean, so Saturday morning, I'm flipping a 500 pound tire uh, in a parking lot at 8 a.m. And then, I mean, this goes on. There's like three heats. Like, so I didn't get out until that's like a four hour long competition. And now yeah. it's a hundred degree heat. And I was like, I, I got, I, I have to do hot shots 19. I have to do it today. Today's the day. I always do it today. And I get home and I'm just, I'm just blasted. I was like, <laughs> and now it's, you know, it's two o'clock in the afternoon and it's even hotter. <laughs> and I was like, I'm beating myself up about this. I was like, I, you have to do hot shots 19. And then I, was, I just took a deep breath. I was like, Scott, you can always do it tomorrow. I mean, probably gonna be more sore tomorrow because now the competition is gonna end what did I do so Sunday I went and did it in my garage and I put it on video and I put it out to social media because I wanted to share the names of the 19 so in the end I still met my goal I still I always do hot shots 19 I did it like why I was beating myself up about not doing on the day they died not the end of the world Scott (laughs) You, you can still do it you can still video it if you wanted to. You could leave a message out there to the masses, hopefully inspire other people to do it. That was my master plan of it. And even my fiance, she's like, why? She's like, just do it tomorrow. And then and on Sunday, she's like, you still going to do it today? It's like 95 degrees already. I was like, yeah, it's going to suck. But, <laughs> but uh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. So, I mean, there's a good example right there, right? Like I'm... Mm-hmm. I set the goal. I'm not happy about the timeline. I'm like, it's like, you still did it. <laughs> we and, and it's, we're, that's we're, a, we do that's this. A, yeah, you did it. And I, again, I think we're, we're, you know, I love talking to you because just like, like-minded, just like your listeners, we're, we always want things. I always want, I'll speak for myself. I always want things to happen faster than they're actually going. Oh, to. hell yeah. When, especially when it comes to my business, dude, I'm right there with you. I'm completely yeah. impatient with my business goals. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think, you know, like there's a beauty about leaders being impatient. And I think one of the things is politely, compassionately being impatient with ourselves and being patient with results. Hmm. Nice. The little like thing like that can make a huge difference for you. Dude, it's going to take longer than you think. So be impatient with yourself and your work ethic and everything else. But don't be miserable because you're not at the summit yet and yeah. you know you're not gonna you're not gonna actually you're gonna slow down and you're gonna get there even slower if you get into bad states of mind and things that don't empower you and drive you with the right emotions to take the right actions to get to the right place oh yeah um so it just little shifts it's you know everything is built on those tiny things day after day after day and you know sometimes the gap between people that are people that win and people that don't it might be a huge gap, but really, I find it's 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 not that big of a gap. I think it's, it's all mind game too. I mean, in it's that, a in that total gap. mind game. Yeah, it's all yeah, mind heck game. yeah, it's the mind game. And some of the <clears throat> the differences in people's beliefs, it's between somebody who's going to win and somebody who's going to lose. It's even the syntax and the sentence and changing one word or put right inserting mm-hmm. one different thing into into your belief. Yeah. Right. Or like I'm impatient with myself, but I'm patient with the, the process and the results. Sure. Yeah. Oh, wait, do you hear my coon hound at all? Or is this microphone <clears throat> that good? Do you actually? No, I, so I like, I can hear, and I was wondering, I yeah. was like, is that a coon hound? Cause like, that's, that's, our, I, that's our coon hound. So I, I, <laughs> here's the best part. When I first started the show, I was just like, 
babe, I was like, you got to keep our coon hound quiet. I was like, put him outside, whatever, whenever I have a show. Now I just don't care. You know, that was 2016. I'm like, dude, we have a coon hound. It's a part of our lives. I mean, if he subtly comes in, <laughs> guess what? That's the advantage of me having a business that I could run from my house, right? I, I, I have a home yep. studio. We have a coon hound. So yes, that's Calvin. He's... He gets impatient, so yeah. Um, Shout out to Calvin. Yeah, right Calvin, man. Thanks, thanks for hi. chiming in on the show, bro. Uh, <laughs> I'll go give him a piece of cheese and some steak later. Co-host. I'll be happy. Co-host. <laughs> but uh, I, I love your points on this because, it, again, I want to make sure people always hear this: is that none of us are perfect. We all still struggle with this stuff. I just struggle at it at a different level in a different way, and and my own fiance will call me on it. She's like. Kristen's like, Scott, relax. She's like, if you're meant to have it, you'll get there. So I was like, oh, look at you being inspirational, even though she's like the realist. And she's a, she's an equine horse vet. Um, but just what you said right now was, it, it, for some reason, I flashed back to living in Colorado. And the first 14er trip I did, this girl's visiting from Arizona. Actually, had a bunch of girls, and we're all, um, all doing rock climbing. And the one girl's like, hey, I'm going to stay an extra month. I want to do some 14ers while I'm here. Anybody want to join me? And I'm like, oh, I've always wanted to do 14ers. For the listeners, that's hiking a 14,000-foot peak. Colorado's got a crap load of them. And she's like, well, the next one's coming up. She's like, I know you've never done it yet, but she's like, we're doing a double. She's, I was like, yeah, hard charger. Let's do it. So we did Beerstadt and Evans because uh, they're right nice. next to each other. And, and so mm-hmm. That was my first 14er trip. I did, I did two. Oh, cool. So what do I normally do? Like, yeah, we got up at sunrise. We're up there. Um, I power beer stats, you know, yeah, beer stat, you know, we take our photos at the top and we continue on over the Sawtooth Ridge up to Sawtooth Peak, which is a Thorteener, get to the Evans. And then I learned, oh, Evans, you can drive to the top of. So there's people up there doing their little poses. I'm like, you know what? Whatever, dude. I, I hike here. Um, <laughs> it's different, right? How did you get there? Yeah. But, but then I, I still got to go back yet. And we got to get back before sunset. Well, on the hike back, dude. I started getting like headaches and stuff like that. Like might've been some altitude related stuff. And I was, and, yeah. and on that, she's just like, that probably cause, cause I was, you know, I was speed hiking beer stat. And she's just like, I told you a couple of times just to dial it back a notch. She's like, you're Mr. Athlete. You just got to go, go, go. And, I'm, and I, I paid for that. And it, the way, the way back to our cars was God awful. I, I worst part of that hiking trip. I mean, it's still a powerful mm-hmm. trip. Loved it. Um, but that was just a good example of just, me being impatient or me just trying to like one up. I'm like, Oh yeah, man, I, I'll crush this. I'm a former hotshot. I can, I can hike everything. Okay. Yeah. But you're supposed to be out here having fun, <laughs> achieving a new life goal. I don't need to right. race the mountain. <laughs> yeah. And pacing, right? Like knowing yeah. what the road ahead is, like we said earlier, it, it, it comes into play, you know, if, if, and I've, I've made this mistake before um, in races and stuff, but if you swim, a 200 meter or 200 yard race and you like you dive in the water and you go at your 50 yard pace Hmm. it's just math cold hard math you're going to die and (laughs) it's good to know before you set out if i you know if we're and we we all do it right because you can miscalculate the pacing but i've done it before where i was like i'm just gonna get in and kill it and i killed myself yep. and my time and everything else so um and for what so much of it yeah and for what right yeah. and then and then it's hard to enjoy that too right so yeah all of a sudden, was- now now it was supposed to be a fun great athletic achievement or a race event or whatever and it's like now you're suffering through it right like again that last couple hours back was just god awful like i just 
<laughs> did not enjoy it at all. And then and then and then we get to the bottom of Evans and it's going through the swamplands. So now you're like the hike's even harder because you're trying to find spots you don't sink into. And I was just like, oh, I, it's normally I don't care where I hike, but when you have like splitting headache from altitude issues yeah. and now you're dealing with the swampy crab and like all of a sudden I just hated it. I was like, oh, why do I hate this? And she's just like, it's God, it's be fine. We're almost back to the parking lot because she doesn't have any of the problems I have because right. I, was, I was outpacing her. And then by the end of the trip, she's outpacing me. You know, she's, have, mm. she's pulling me along. And I was like, man, that was a great lesson. You can't muscle yep. everything. So, love those lessons <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah that's a good way I, I feel like you know the marathon that i, I get wake-up calls from ladies all the time <laughs> hey me, me too my my wife is the most phenomenal individual i know and she's and the cool thing about it is i'm more um i'm like super empathetic i'm i'm more cater to like the emotional side I really, really get. And so I help her. I explain that she, she's like, why is this person doing this thing? And I'm like, because like this, 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 and this, and I can kind of understand what's going on beneath it and behind it. Sure. But she's the one that, you know, I sometimes if I even, you know, I get myself spun up over something, she's like, listen, just think about this. Think about last time that, 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 that bullet point, And I'm just going, you were such a wizard. What yeah. did you just do? <laughs> you were so right. Thank you for being in my life. Yeah. I, I will say I'm not always as good with the response like you are there, but it's like there is a balance. And if, when you find the right partner, it does create a good balance. And I, and I, I, I fought that process. Uh, I will be married next year. So it, oh, congrats, um, man. that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you'll appreciate this doing heli skiing in Banff, Canada and Alberta for our wedding. So, um, that is that I just, my friend, that is so <laughs> flipping epic. Yeah. I can't even begin to oh, yeah. tell you how much I admire that and how much I love talking about it because I'm so, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> you should be. That is crazy. So you're going to like, you better go pro the heck out of Thank all you. that. I said the same thing. And she's, she's just like, well, um, all your friends have GoPros and all the footage they've ever recorded is still on that GoPro. They've never done anything with it. I said, Kristen, I have a podcast show, a YouTube channel, Facebook. I'm going to use the content. Trust me. Yeah. I, I need I need to one-up Red Bull, okay? There's that competitive spirit right there. <laughs> I don't think Red Bull's produced a lot of wedding adrenaline junkie ski movies. I, I think we might be able to make a dent in that market. <laughs> and you're just going to be even more her hero when that actually goes up you put the video up and you get the response back like that stuff doesn't happen every day i mean that's going in the right and the the thing of it is i really i love the digital age for the pieces of now we can record things and put them out there and they're online and it's like out there forever which scares some people and to me it's just that's the coolest thing in the world it scares you in the beginning and then again we big picture the whole episode here right and then you start putting more of the reps in i tell people in businesses i'm like guys go facebook live like, oh, 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 yeah, just try it. I do it all the time now. Like, I literally, my friends now, we were doing a, mount, um, a mountain biking bachelor party a couple weeks ago for a buddy of mine, Evan Vermont. So we spent four days up there, covered like 70 miles of trail. And like, I'll oh, just give it to Scott. He'll, he'll, he'll live it, video it, whatever. Like, so I'm just known as that guy now, I guess, in the friend circle. I'm like, yeah, but I wasn't always. I said, because yeah. I like sharing moments. If they can change people or inspire somebody to try something different, do it. I'm not saying you got to go mountain bike or hike a mountain, but go, go for a run, go, go buy a mountain bike. I don't know. Go rent a mountain bike. There you go. You can rent mountain bikes, try mountain biking. I love it. It's one of my favorite sports. So 
One thing I love about you real quick is you keep coming back to this core thing and something that is obviously important to you is, is, you know, if that can inspire somebody. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when things are challenging or people are fearful and they're coming up against something, they're not good at, rem- they're better at reminding themselves of their fear and all the obstacles in the way than like, why am I here in the first place? Yeah. And if you keep coming back to like, why am I here in the first place? What is really most important? that it's, it gives you a much better shot that you're going to take that next right step and do the next right thing. And, you know, again, earlier when you talked about only the people with the courage have the courage to start ever stumble upon the things or things that they wish would never end. Oh yeah. And, you yeah, know, I mean, sometimes it's the little things reminding yourself of what you're about and what's most important and what's the bigger picture. Yeah. Again, the key word there you threw in there, we didn't really dwell much on this episode, but this will be on another episode I'm airing soon. Um, I have a regular co-host, psychology like you, sports psychologist, uh, Dr. Megan Cannon. She's here local. So we met at at a core life eatery and we videoed live, Facebook live, everything. And then I recorded two podcast episodes out of that video content. And one of them was we were talking about the power of starting. Is that all the game plans, all the coaching, all the programming, that'll come. In the beginning, just start. Like, just just take, that's the biggest, you get over that first hurdle, starting is the hardest hurdle. Honestly. Yep. Once you, because yep. then, it's like, it's like getting a wheel to move down the hill. Even if it's made out of solid concrete, you start moving that thing one inch. My 500 pound tire on Saturday. Once you feel that leave the ground, now you're committed, dude. Because you don't want to drop that. <laughs> you're, committed, <man. laughs> no, you you're getting under that, okay? And because uh, <laughs> I, I was the only one in that competition. This is not a brag. I'm just giving this an example. I was the only one. That, that's why my arms look like this. That's from the tire. I'm all bruised up because I'm the only one that made three laps. Every, I mean, this one dude, my buddy Sean, I love him. Strong as heck, but he's not the endurance guy. Yeah. He did two and a half, oh, two laps. He's like, I wasn't going for three. He's like, you're crazy. Won the competition. That was one of the heavier weighted uh, scored workouts. I knew that strategically. So I was all in. And then here's the best part. This is why I wanted to tell it to you real quick. I was so proud of her. This little 10-year-old girl, Lindsay, I've never seen her do – like she, her father brings her there on the weekends, and the girls are there doing the girly stuff in the the childcare room. I I never see her do workouts, ever. And this girl completes – a third lap with her tire makes it to the white line where I'm there, like lay on, on the tire. I'm like, I'm just, Lindsay, you got it. Come on. Hits the final flip at the last second. And she completes three reps. The only kid to complete three laps with her wow. tire. And I was like, he, he came with me later. He's just like, where did that come from? And I was like, that's your girl, bro. That's your girl. Like that's, yeah. that's right. I mean, I'm getting chills right now just talking about it. Cause it's like, and then it was like, it was like that the rest of the morning. Like, um, she was the anchor on our team. I was doing the assault bike. She's doing the rower. She had the last row. She just spazzes out ah, with the rower. Her, her <laughs> mother, mother-in-law, he's standing there. They're just like, what, what is that? I was like, I, I don't know. It's your daughter. I'm like, yeah, go girl, go. I mean, <laughs> And where did that come from? And and it's like, and that's such a powerful environment that if you put yourself in sort of like the fiery crucible, if you will, there's going to be things come out of you that afterward, you're like, where the heck did that come from? And it's almost otherworldly. And it changes, you know, your perception of who you are. And by the way, I was going to tell you, Scott, I think you should think about positioning yourself as that girl's sports agent. 
Just a, just a tip. <laughs> I was so proud of her, man. She's this cute little girl with glasses. And like, I did not think she had any athletics like at all. Like I yeah. was like, okay, she, she's probably going to be like a doctor one day or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. but it was funny though, because afterwards she's like, I, I was getting texts the rest of the afternoon from him, from her. Like, sure. thank you so much. Uh, she's already talking about competing next year. Like, cool. oh, <laughs> so cool. And he's just like, where did that come from? I was like, here's the difference, dude. I coach kids for probably you know 11 years ski racing. I was like, they're not there to impress their dad. They're there for themselves and they're there for their coach. I was like, you can't be the coach. You're the dad. I was like, she's not, I mean, she loves you and you, you know, daddy's growing all that. But I was like, clearly there was something else there. I was like, I, I think she might've been doing it because I was her teammate. I don't know if that was or wasn't. He's like, oh no. He's like, oh yeah, that was definitely you. He's just like, I, I've never seen her, that side of her. He's like, I'm so blown away. He's like, you have no idea how much this means to us. She's, he's like, you're a great friend. And I'm not, I'm not telling this as a brag. I want people to hear this because like, guys, yep. this is what we're supposed to be doing for each other or for each other's kids. I am not a father figure. Don't want to be a dad. Even my fiance, she's like, you're going to go compete with a 10 year old in a competition. <laughs> she's like, should I sign your death warrant now? <laughs> cause like, cause we're just not kitty people. Like we, we want to be the cool yeah. aunts and uncles. And I said, well, I was like, as long as she doesn't cry, I think I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like literally, that's what I said before I went. There. <laughs> it's like, just don't cry, and I'm good. And not one ounce of that. Like I was, I was inspired by her. That's like, yeah. I, I told, I came up with them. I'm like, listen. I was like, when she unleashed that tire flip, I said, we are winning this. I was like, I don't care. I was like, she's leaving with a medal because I just, I've never seen a child do that. Like that was awesome. So that's 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 incredible, man. Yeah. I love that story. But that's yeah, I, I could be your agent. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great idea. Uh, but see, isn't that what we're all talking about, right? I mean, peak performance aside, uh, transformational dog training aside, everything you've done, I, it's kind of like the epiphany I'm getting just saying this stuff to you. It's like, okay, it doesn't matter if I've been a hot shot or I've hiked 14 or whatever else. It's like, that experience, I'm still coming down off of the high from this weekend from that little girl, from Lindsay. I was yep. like, dude, that's powerful. She's still developing. Yep. She's only 10. No one did that for me when I was 10. Yep. Right? Yeah, it yeah, absolutely. And it, and if they had, you know, you ever think about that? And if I had, you know, this even a person that may have come along later in our life and everybody comes in when they're supposed to, but you think about you know, maybe we can be somebody really special for somebody coming in at a time that is so important for them. And yeah, all the stuff we do and we accomplish, you know, in, in my opinion, it doesn't really freaking matter in the larger scheme of things, you know, yeah. when we're in the ground and stuff and we've kind of moved on to whatever happens afterward, it's going to be the legacy and the inspiration and the things, what we passed on that was worth passing on coming from the deepest part of ourselves and our spirit. And sometimes that, that again, that spirit to compete and push ourselves that rubs off on people. Like spirit can get caught mm. and that, and that's the difference between just maybe, maybe that's what happened. I don't, I'm, yeah. That's what I'm hearing like, from you. Yeah. Intellectual knowledge versus catching the spirit of sport and, and winning and compassion and helping and giving to other people. It's, it's and, worked on me, dude. I did that marathon because my buddy ran that same marathon. I watched him on the sidelines the year before. And I'm like, I'm coming back and I'm doing this with you. Like we did it in memory. One of his college buddies who, who unfortunately oh. had passed away due to a mm. medical mistake at a hospital brain thing. I don't know, but like he was running in his memory and his brother was running his memory and his father was running his memory. And I'm like, I'm joining. I can't, 
I can't stay on the sidelines. So he, that, that energy inspired me. Right. Um, yep. finding out about firefighting was because of a girl, like her energy to go back West and become a, a female hotshot. Like I was like, Oh my God, like that, that, that changed me. So it is true. This energy can be contagious with the right audience, with the right people. But if we don't share that energy or share those stories or take these actions, yeah. it's not, it's no longer not just about us. It's what other yeah. people are we possibly missing? That's what yes. I mean, honestly, like you and I talk about this right here, right now, dude, it just reinforces why I have the podcast. Like, dude, I don't have millions of downloads yet. Uh, you know, live, live the fuel continues to grow, but it's like, dude, we're putting this content out there to the world. And mm -hmm. the beauty of the online space is there's going to be people two years from now listening to this episode because it's digital content. So yeah. we're, we are literally every single episode, every single second and minute you and I have spoken tonight, we are leaving behind a legacy of positive energy and positive content, right? Heck yeah. Heck yeah, we are. And, and all of us, I believe, in our lives, <clears throat> in some ways, we're on the playing field. And we're going, come on, come on, get onto the playing field, yeah, right? Yeah. Because we're on the sidelines by choice, right? And there's other areas of our life where we are on the sidelines, and there's other people that are calling to us. And I think identifying that, like, where am I in the game? And my role is to help encourage other people. And where am I playing small? And I'm on the sidelines and I'm kind of like keeping my head down because I don't want other people to see me. But sometimes it's nice to have somebody call you out and be like, you're stinking fantastic. Like, get out here. Let's play. You've got what it takes. It's like my, and, boy, my boy Jason last year with the triathlon. Like, he called me out and my fiance and everybody else. But because yeah. <laughs> so, they knew that I'd eventually say yes. That's, yeah, yeah, they knew that. They said, oh, well, you've yeah. done all this. You have to say yes, because we just called you out. <laughs> <laughs> no choice now, right? Yeah. That's the power of these inner circles. So listen, man, this has been a powerful episode. We'll have to get you back on here in, in the near future, because I feel like there's love so to. much more for you and I to rap about and and hopefully get through to some other people out there. So, I mean, how many podcasts have you been on, by the way? Uh, how many have I been on? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like I've, been, I've only been on like a handful, probably oh, wow. like nine or, nine or ten. All right. <clears throat> So we're, yeah. we're part of building that legacy. I like it. So, Hey man. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I certainly hope that this is a benefit to, you know, your, your listeners. I, yeah, I was really looking forward to talking with you just because of your background and, and some of the, the commonalities and just rubbing shoulders with you. So totally appreciate this opportunity. That's kind of why I do the co-hosting format is I want this. I mean, some people are like, Oh, well the host talks too much. Well, it's my freaking show. Of course, I'm going to freaking talk on my show, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's live, the, live the Fuel is my brand. There's a fire in the logo because I'm a former firefighter. Hello. Of course, I'm talking. But it's not an interview format. Like, yeah, there's some interview style to it a little bit. But it's like, dude, it's you and I. It's us having a conversation, getting to know each other. It's okay yeah. to be a little selfish on that because I want to get some good nuggets and knowledge out of meeting you as well. But then you, right. and my hope is that with the co-hosting format, you leave with some more fire to take back to your practice and your clients and your following, right? It's, Abs it's give and absolutely. take. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Give and take. Absolutely. And I, I've been, I definitely have enjoyed talking with you and, and getting just different people's perspective and what they've done to overcome and where they see value and what's really pushed them forward to, to be the best that they can be and to keep pushing that envelope uh, for the future. So it's, it's, it's fun, awesome. isn't it? It's awesome. It's <clears throat> super fun. I, I always leave a podcast like happy. So <laughs> <laughs> me too, um, man. Me too. Well, well listen, let's bring this show to a close. Um, 
my guest co-hosts do share the final words. You had so many amazing words, but uh, I've done some, obviously plenty of, we've done, a, we, we could have done a little more screen sharing. I always like to leave with a little bit of an opportunity for improvement. But again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, BergfordPerformance.com, the Bergford Performance System. And again, if you go on Amazon, actually let's do the last little screen share here because I'm a fellow dog lover because Calvin already said hello earlier. Transformational dog training on Amazon. I'll make sure this is also linked in the show notes as well. Uh, but obviously, for you dog lovers out there, if you're trying to bring out the best in your dog by bringing out the best in yourself, you might want to get that book. So uh, I'm going to show it to my fiance when we get off the call here tonight. So, uh, <laughs> cool, but, man. Thank so, you. But listen, so fi final words for the show. How, how would you like to close this out? Is there an all-encompassing message? I mean, somebody like yourself speaking, uh, coaching leadership, peak performance, I mean, productivity, fulfillment, maximization, you're doing all this stuff you know, building mm -hmm. your legacy, like what's an all encompassing message you'd like to leave behind the audience. If they forget everything else we've all talked about. <laughs> Just have the, having the, the courage and the boldness to step up to the plate the next time you need to. And the next time fear shows up running toward it instead of shying away from it. If you've been doing that, we all have, we all are susceptible from that time to time, but just stinking facing it. You know, I was having <clears throat> some, like I've had reoccurring dreams and stuff and it's been going on for years. And I realized, dude, I just need to turn and face the things in my dreams. And I know that's kind of, kind of might sound weird or whatever, but it completely changed things. Cause like, I don't want to run in my dreams and I certainly don't want to run in life. And unless it's toward the fight. So run toward the fight, have the boldness and the courage to do it. And if there's anything that I can do to help, I mean, I'm happy um, to, check in with people. I do have a private Facebook group called the CEO athlete. So oh, nice. for people that are, yeah, like business owners and they also compete in athletics, that might be something to check out. And people can also like, dude, if you want to shoot me an email at info at bergfordperformance.com and just tell me like, listen, what is the top thing you're gunning for this year? That's really important to you or your biggest challenge that you've been coming up against. You know, I, I'm happy to get on the get on the line with somebody and maybe put together just a basic plan or something. So, uh, but yeah, well, again, that's what if, I got. if it helps people start, I think that's an amazing offer because that, that's sometimes, I mean, they don't need to become long-term clients. Sometimes they just need that. They need somebody to say, Hey man, look, he's, he's the guy, he's the guy that got me to start. So, um, yep. I'll have to check out exactly. your CEO athlete. Cause that's literally, I mean, I actually, I actually call myself the chief intrepid officer. So if you know the definition of intrepid, my buddy that I ran that marathon with, he yep. actually changed my job title for me. He me one day, he's like, dude, change your signature to chief intrepid officer. Look up the de definition of intrepid and you'll understand what I'm saying. So I capitalized the E in intrepid versus the I and, and use that for like a fun little spin on CEO. Um, That's perfect. I right? love that. Yeah. So I wish I had that. Dang it. <laughs> hey, I, I passed it on. I mean, it could be shared. You know, we, we could create a whole movement online. All of a sudden there's like a new list of like, oh, who's wow, all these chief intrepid officers. I didn't even know that title existed, right? So <laughs> it does now. It thanks does to now, Scott. People. There we go. We're sharing. <laughs> sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. That's Listen, right. hang tight. I want to give you a proper goodbye off the air. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, again, video feed too, uh, because I'm fast on the keyboard. If you need a community, you might want to check into his Facebook community, the CEO athlete, especially if you're feeling the vibe that he and I were just talking about. But obviously, again, go to his website too, Bird for Performance. But again, thanks for tuning into another powerful, powerful, peak performing Live the Fuel podcast show. Uh, again, I think we definitely, at some form or fashion, fueled your health, your business, your lifestyle. Uh, but again, ladies and gentlemen, just keep taking action. 
go towards the fight. Stop backing away. He said it best. And again, check him out at BergfordPerformance.com. All the stuff we shipped, uh, typed in and, and saved and, and blasted across social media and all the blog post notes we always do. So again, just keep taking action, people. We'll talk to you guys again soon. And remember, you too can live the fuel. Hey there, Live the Fuel listeners. This is Scott Mulvaney, your chief intrepid officer, your podcast co-host and founder of Live the Fuel. Just want to take one to two minutes more of your time and give you a little extra value at the end of each of these episodes. Uh, first off, I wanted to make sure you guys got over to livethefuel.com and actually took advantage of my Super 7s resource guide. It's a free offer. And it just gives you uh, 21 different resources to fuel your own health, business, and or lifestyle success. Just some of the tools and applications that I've used and books that I've read uh, over the years to help me grow in a personal and a professional mindset. Now, while you're on the website, hop on over to the supported brand section. I created a new section on the website just to promote brands that I grow and have trusted in my personal and my professional life. I mean, there's, there's applications on there that are using business-wise, but more importantly, healthy lifestyle-wise, there's companies that I've had founders on this show. Just quick name drop them. You got Eat Pilly Nuts, you got Pure Vitamin Club, you got my connection with Isogenics since 2010, since I was wild and firefighting. Love to be able to help you get healthy and fit, lose weight or improve your athletic performance, or heck, in my case, I'm 40 now, age better. And uh, another quick little plug on there is Villa Capelli. Love their olive oil. And real quick note, Villa Capelli and Epilly Nuts, I have my own discount code. So go to lilyfield.com, click on the supporter brand section to get into the resources page, and you'll see my discount code. So enjoy that. Now, while you're on the website too, I've also now built another new tool for you guys, Fuel Library. So the Fuel Library is obviously, as it says, it's a library of the either digital audiobooks from Audible or physical books that I've either purchased, uh, borrowed, consumed, etc. Uh, heck, even actually half of these authors I've actually now had on the podcast. So feel free to go to Fuel Library. I've divided it into health, business, and lifestyle directed sections, and I've been building that out. I'm still looking to add a lot more content because there's tons of authors and amazing books out there. So again, go check that out as well. And then uh, two last things for you. One, Please, if you get a chance, get over to iTunes and give this show a review. It's going to help us grow the exposure and help other people out there in the world find Live the Fuel and also find these amazing co-hosts I bring on here to help them influence and hopefully positively change their health goals, their fitness goals, their business startup goals, their lifestyle, etc. So please, submit a review. I would love to be able to start reading your reviews on a future podcast. And the last thing I'm going to go in here with is my disclaimer. I'm throwing disclaimer in because honestly, I talk a lot about health on this show and business and obviously health and fitness impacts your lifestyle. So please, if you are suffering from a medical illness, a disease, etc., remember podcasts in general do not replace professional advice. So if you have concerns, please go obviously consult a professional. I do bring amazing professionals on this show, but in the end, this is free content that we're sharing over the podcast world. This does not replace, obviously, a one-on-one consultation, whether it be with a business consultant, a, uh, a lifestyle coach, etc., or obviously a health or medical doctor. So again, that's just my quick disclaimer. This is free content. Take it as such, but please see your professionals. Thanks for listening, gang. Talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com.